One of the most concise lines of all of Scripture comes from the first letter of John. In the first letter of John, chapter 3, it says, God is love. It's such a concise line, but also so profound, and it's a window to be able to understand the Trinity, to be able to understand who God is. God is love. That's who he is. But what about before creation? What about before there was anything to love? Because we know, we know that the universe as it exists is dated. Scientists study that. They study that to the best of their ability. They're able to estimate that human life came around about 40,000 years ago, according to scientists. That the universe is dated at, at about 13.8 billion years. But 13.8 billion years in the life of God is nothing. That's young in the life of God, in the eternal life of God. So what about before that? What about before there was anything or anyone to love? How could God be love? Was he just a lonely God up there and that's the reason he created? No. That's not. What we celebrate today is that God is love, meaning that he's a trinity of love, a communion of persons, meaning that the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. That that bond of love, the fruit of their love, that proceeds forth is the Holy Spirit. And that creation was not necessary. We aren't necessary. We weren't needed. God didn't need us because he was lonely and he needed somebody to love him. No, that's not how it is. But rather that creation comes as this overflowing of the love of the Trinity. Overflows. He created precisely so he could share that love that exists in the Trinity of persons. He created to be able to share that and especially to share that with us as human beings. To pour out that love into our hearts. And in creation, there exists a very special image of the Trinity. Where we find an image of the Trinity. And that place in the creation is the family. The family is a very special image of the Trinity. Because think about this. Just as the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father and the love that proceeds forth from that love is the Holy Spirit. A husband loves his wife. A wife loves her husband. And the love that proceeds forth, the fruit of that love, is children. That proceeds forth. That's God's plan for the family. That a child can be a fruit of that love that exists between the husband and the wife. That then they become father and mother of those children. That fruit of love. It's a special image of the Trinity. And because of that, it's one of the things that's most attacked by Satan, by the devil. Why? He knows that he can't conquer the Trinity itself. He can't. Impossible. But he can attack an image of the Trinity, the family, and try to divide that image of the Trinity, try to destroy that. That's what he seeks to do. The family is an image of the Trinity, but also the family is the special recipient of the love of the Trinity, a special dwelling place of that Trinity. In that first reading, if you'll recall, we read about the second time that Moses goes up Mount Sinai. If you know a little bit about your Bible, you'll know that he went up the mountain. Before that, he went up Mount Sinai 
received the tablets of the law, he went back down. What did he find? He found Aaron leading all of the Israelites astray, right? And out of anger, Moses, Moses crushed those tablets, pulverized that golden calf, and made them drink it in water as punishment. So he goes up the mountain a second time, what we read just now. And the presence of God descends upon Mount Sinai. And that is an image of what the Trinity wants to do. The Trinity wants to descend. God is Trinity. wants to descend into your family. To dwell in your family. To pour out his love into your family. And there are two attributes of the Trinity that are described in this first reading. That are also very significant for our families. It says God is merciful and he's faithful. Merciful and faithful. That describes his love. He's a merciful God. Meaning that he never stops forgiving. Never. He keeps on forgiving. No matter how far astray we go, he keeps on forgiving us. He doesn't hold on to resentment or to grudges. And his love is faithful, meaning that he doesn't keep score. It's not a reciprocal love. If you love me, I love you back. But rather a fount of love that just keeps on loving and never stops loving us. That's the love of God. And that love is made manifest in the most powerful way, where? On the cross. That's what we hear about in this gospel today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. Jesus came to show us the depths of God's love, of the Trinity's love, the merciful and faithful love of God. And our family is meant to be an image of that, of that faithful love and that merciful love, that somehow people can see the love of God in our family and in each one of us in the way that we love our families. I recently heard this testimony about a woman when she grew up, when she was still a young girl, the father left their family. Their father left them very unexpectedly. That left a very deep wound in this girl's heart. Imagine that, as a young girl, her father leaving them. She grew up with that wound, and she grew up, and she eventually married a man, and when she married that man, this man knew that she had that wound in her heart. And he prayed to God every day. He prayed to God asking, Lord, help me to be a mediation of your love so your love can be poured out into that wound through me. Of course, he can on his own. He knows that, but God can heal that wound. But he wanted to be an instrument of that healing, and he prayed for that every day. And this man ended up being a very successful businessman. He had to travel a lot. And so when he would travel, because he was able to and he wanted to, he would make this sacrifice that on these business trips he would go away and at night, no matter where he was, he would fly back to be with his wife at night so that she would never feel alone because she grew up feeling alone. And at the, very, at the end of his days when he died and at, their, at his funeral, his wife was there, her son was there, and her son overheard her say this. She went up to the casket, she took his hand, and she said, John, thank you. Because of you, I know who God is. He was an instrument of God's love. She came to know God through the way that he loved her. That's what we're called to be, that instruments of God, those instruments of God's love, that in the family, that image of the Trinity can be reflected. Now, how can we do that? How can we go about doing that? It's not easy. Well, the most important way to start, the most important way is with prayer. 
Two ways of prayer, though. Praying for our family and praying with our family. Both of those are very important. We need to pray for our family. Why? Our love is weak. We can't love in the way that we're called to love. Our love is weak. Sometimes our love runs dry. Sometimes because we're sinners, we hurt people. And the ones that we tend to hurt the most are the ones closest to us. The ones in our family. Sadly, that's the truth. Those are the people that we tend to hurt the most and that tend to hurt us the most, the ones in our family. And so we need to pray to God, and when we pray to God, when we ask Him for that, it's like it opens up this floodgate so that His love can flow into our hearts and through us into our families, so that His merciful and faithful love can be poured out into our hearts. So let us ask ourselves, though, sincerely, what do you need to be a better instrument of God's love in your family? Do you need more mercy do you need a more merciful heart? Is there resentment in your heart towards someone in your family that's hurt you before? Is there a lack of forgiveness? Is there a grudge that you're holding on to because of something they've said or done to you? Or maybe you need to ask somebody else in your family for forgiveness because of something you've done. Ask for that mercy. Or maybe you need to ask God for a more faithful heart. A faithful love, a love that doesn't keep score to somebody who's not loving you back and that hurts you a little bit because you try to love but they never love you back. You feel that way. Well, ask God for his love. That's just this fountain of love so you can love them even when they don't love you back. You can ask for that love. And secondly, pray with your family. That's so important. When you pray with your family, when your family gathers in prayer, it's like you guys are going up that Mount Sinai and the presence of God descends to be with your family in a very special way. Maybe that's a habit you already have. Awesome. Maybe it's not. Start small. Start praying before meals. I know a lot of families that they, they take turns. The children, the parents, everybody takes turns praying before their meals, and they pray spontaneously. They ask each other at their meals, what do you want us to pray for? I know people who they'll ask their children what they want them to pray for. Maybe they have an important game or an exam. Finals are coming up, and you can pray with your family for that. You can pray over your kids. At night before you go to bed, you can pray as a family. On Sundays especially, you can pray as a family. That's so important. That's so important. Because when you pray as a family, God's merciful and faithful love starts to flow in that family. There's a reason that that adage never grows old. The family that prays together stays together because it's absolutely true. Just try it and you'll know. You'll see it. Pray together as a family. If you can, pray every day as a family together. Pray out loud. Pray spontaneously. Allow that merciful and that faithful love of God to flow into your family and pray that your family can be a better image of the Trinity and united in that Trinitarian love.